Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin'? What's poppin', Fantasy Champs? What's up? My name's Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon on that side of the screen. Getting lit, per usual. <laughs> uh, yeah, we... Is it, we we just watched a a, a full fledge of a full full slate I should say not fledge that doesn't make any sense a full slate of preseason games, um yep. and uh, yeah it, it was pretty pretty interesting exciting to have uh, football back I watched football like all Saturday and I was like it was just a Sunday like three weeks from now I literally know. it's gonna be Sunday three weeks from now yep yeah freaking exciting. it's fun that's back I'm so excited. Just sitting there um, checking all the scores, and like now there's a there's a good chunk of leagues that are currently uh, starting to draft. So we got to start getting this content out. Yep, get these people information. Um, yeah. So today we're going to talk about our top riskiest wide receivers for the 2021 fantasy football season. Um, last show we talked about, I think the top 20 out of the top 24, the first three rounds or four rounds of running backs, we talked about three running backs that are extremely risky to draft. Um, and on this show, we're going to talk about three wide receivers in the top 24, 25 who are extremely risky for you to draft and why you should be staying away from them. I feel like a lot of times uh, people don't give self-explanatory content uh, because uh, me and Rick follow fantasy football uh, all year. And yep. some of you may be coming in just now and being like, okay, it's August. It's time for me to start preparing for my draft. I'm going to start watching these videos. And you find us and you're like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And we give you uh, these risky guys that are big names. And we're like, no, we don't need to do that. We just need to tell you who the real risky players are. Because we've been following all along. Right. We've been doing the research for months. So, so we, we have a pretty good idea. We got you. So even if it seems self-explanatory to some people who follow it all year long like us, it might not be to somebody else who's just starting now. Um, so what we're going to do the top riskiest wide receivers today. And on Thursday's show, I think we're doing quarterbacks, and tomorrow we got a mock draft. So should be a fun week of content. And then uh, following after that, last week of August. Yikes. Dude, I'm I'm excited. I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited. <laughs> Literally, I decided that August might be the worst month of the entire year. Yeah, that's that is a hundred percent accurate. I think because you got Stanley Cup Finals in June, NBA Finals in July, and then like once that's over. Yeah, August is like preseason football where we pretend we love it. There is nothing but baseball in August, mm-hmm. and you're already depressed because summer is ending. I know. I'm not a summer guy anyway, but... Yeah, but some people, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a summer guy. Big fall guy here. Right. So Um, you're getting lit. I mean, I'm I'm a big fall guy too, so... I'm pretty freaking excited. Uh, You're you're up in the morning. I like summer. So you're going to be snowed in pretty much every (laughs) day. (laughs) Well, as long as I have internet, I'll be okay. (laughs) Be fine. Uh, Before we jump into our top riskiest wide receivers, be sure to check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on any social media platforms, the FF Champs, uh, 
or the Fantasy Champions is what you can search to find us. We're also on TikTok. Uh, we just posted an article by, uh, what is it, Daryl? Daryl Novotnoy. Yeah. I hope I said that right. Daryl's listening, and he's like, you just botched my last name. Whatever. Go check out Daryl's article. Um, he he uh, put out an article about um, quarterbacks and the late-round draft strategy for quarterbacks. Be sure, to check, check that, be sure to check that out on our website. We may be making some updates to the website as well. Uh, oh. So... That might be coming in the near future. Interesting. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. If you're listening on YouTube, or watching on YouTube, I should say, subscribe, click the bell for notifications, like, and then comment down below. A wide receiver you're avoiding, you're staying away from. You're like, I don't want to draft this guy because he's going to burn my fantasy team. Simple as that. Right. Then there's probably more players on this list that um, some people have an idea of who's going to burn their team. So yeah. if you have someone in mind, don't be afraid to tell us. Leave it in the comments. Um, so yeah, let's let's jump into our risky wide receivers. But I before we do that, I did want to say, Rick, uh, give me a one-minute synopsis of of preseason football this week. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Okay, excited that it's back. I wish it was more accessible for someone who doesn't have cable. Um, <laughs> you you like downloaded the NFL.com app and you're like, yeah, I have Sunday ticket, but like it doesn't the work app for Sunday blows. ticket. I know. The app blows. I'm not gonna lie. It's okay. Actually, it's good you on your phone. You haven't logged in. You gotta wait no, till no, the regular no, no, season. Not Sunday starts. ticket, NFL mobile. I think kind of blows. Oh, oh, the fantasy app for NFL.com. Yeah. Yeah. That right. kind of, yes, it very much blows. Um, I was like, You're ragging on Sunday ticket? Get out of here with no, that. No, no, no. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. I'm new to Sunday ticket. I just got it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, It was fun to see all the rookie quarterbacks that that I'll say. And they all did good. Well, all the first round ones. And even some first year, like Jordan Love, who um, didn't get to play last year. Third year guys. Yeah, he looked looked good too. I I think he went like 12 of 16 for a touchdown. Now, granted, the touchdown was a screen pass. (laughs) Rick, who... who, um... Who are you, what what rookie running back played this weekend that you're going to overdraft in the sixth round? You mean the first round? <laughs> no, um, yeah, I I watched I watched um, Najee and I watched Etienne, and then I watched Javante Williams, and I was like, he's like best running back. In the my class. pants are off, man. My pants are off. Javante looked like the yeah. best of the three, in my opinion, and I liked him pre-draft. Um, I, he was my RB two in pre-draft, and mm-hmm. I was like, ah, him and Harris, I think, are close. And I think I thought Etienne was decent too, but it was always Javante was the clear number two right behind Harris, and so far in the preseason. And I think offensive line plays a factor in it, but mm-hmm. Javante to me looked better than Najee Harris. Now it's one preseason game, but right. we'll see, dude. I like Javante Williams a lot, and Melvin Gordon's already hurt with a grung. I'm I'm like I've been what? Yeah, he's in he. I mean, it's not hurt, hurt. Like it's like day. I don't day, want to root but. for injuries because I love Melvin Gordon. But <clears throat> imagine, imagine the draft stock. Kind of don't want to draft him, late. I would now. take him in the same. I would take him second round. We are literally Melvin Gordon's not in the picture. No, bro, don't even lie to yourself. You take him in the first round. <laughs> first of all, me and McCaffrey. right before the show, we're talking about like surprising, like uh, cuts that'll happen on cut day. In like the last week of August or first week of September, I can't remember which day. I think it's I think it's the last week of August. But uh, you know, last year we had Leonard Fournette. Everyone was drafting. What, what was it? Fourth round. Yeah, Fournette last year. Uh, everyone was drafting Fournette in the the third fourth round, and then he got cut by like the Jaguars. And um, yep. what if that? What if that happens to Melvin? 
I mean, Javante through I don't, the roof. I feel very bad for Melvin Gordon because I don't think he deserves that. No, but, because then uh, he could totally go somewhere where they actually need a running back. I would be so like lit, it, like for Atlanta. Javante. All right, true. That's true. I'd be so lit for Javante Williams. Um, like, I was kind of like before I watched that game, I was kind of um, has I still a little bit am hesitant on because there is no running backs mid round besides maybe Rojo, Javante, and like Damian Harris between mm-hmm. rounds like five to eight that I'm like comfortable with drafting. Yeah. And those three guys are probably it. Like, if I'm being honest, like people will be like, what are you talking about? I'll be like, yeah, I don't know. There's no running backs there. Yeah. It's a, it's a streak of wide receivers for me at that point. But I'm like, if I want to draft a running back in the middle rounds, who am I going to go for? And I'm really having a tough time with Javante because he's, he's not in a similar situation to Jonathan Taylor last year, but, he is really good, and if he gets the full workload, I mean, he could he could definitely be an RB one. It's just, do I want to spend a sixth round pick or a fifth round pick on a guy, or or a seventh round pick if that's how far he falls? But um, do I want to spend that high a pick on Javante Williams? That's really the yeah. I don't know. Probably not. But I mean, we'll for see. most people, no. For me, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> So uh, anyway, yeah, it was a good, a good, fun uh, weekend of football. It's good to have football back, even if it is. In I, I feel like the next games are going to be like no starters. Yep. Um, usually the well, last one is like that, but I don't know how they're going to play it. Usually it's like week three, one you get one right? drive for the starters. Week two you get like maybe one or two drives for the starters. Week three they get like a full quarter or like a full quarter and a half just to get themselves acclimated and that's like the preparation game for the so regular season. That's what season. I feel like that's what this week is going to be. I I would I would tend to agree. Cuz it would the be the Steelers what, third like preseason nobody. game at this point. Yeah. For them. Right. But uh anyway, all right, let's talk about rookie uh, risky wide receivers, not rookie wide receivers. I mean, rookie wide receivers are risky. I will say that. But anyway. That is true. Um, so we'll start off this list with, and this is a, this is a, this is a one or another player situation, but we, we scratched mm-hmm. the other guy off the list. We just left this guy on and it's kind of, uh, I don't know. Is, would you consider this a hot take? I think it is a little bit. Um, and we're not saying they're undraftable because there are situations. I've been doing a lot of mocks lately, preparing for that home league. Got to win it this year because I'm looking like a fool at this point. I mean, no, no, no. Although someone did win this this past, the person who won this past year, um, that's kind of you know. We started we started this league like over ten years ago, and to put that in perspective, I was in the middle of my teenage years, so <laughs> we only had six. Hasn't people. It hasn't been ten years. It hasn't been ten. It's close to ten. But there was I only think. six teams when we first started it, mm-hmm. and uh, it's grown now. We're at twelve, and that's great. But. Uh, the big problem is is that the original six are here, and there's only two of us that haven't won a championship, and one of them is me. Yep. And there are people we let in later that have won, but the mm-hmm. commissioner curse is on me. Yeah, and it's I gotta, real. I got to I got to shake it. But anyway, uh, so there were situations when I was mocking for that particular uh, draft where Chris Godwin was falling to me in like fifth round. There was one draft he fell to the fifth round. Um, and this is with real people, so I don't really know why that was the case. But um, I was like, Maybe do I draft him? Take, Say that again? I said maybe this isn't a hot take then. No, but I was like, should I draft Chris Godwin in the fifth round? Because he usually goes like 
fourth, maybe third, like late third. Yeah, he goes in like late third. And I'm like, should I draft him in the fifth round? <laughs> Is it a steal? Like, I don't know how I feel about this. But anyway, Chris Godwin is our number one risky wide receiver on this list. Uh, not number one overall, but just as a risky wide receiver. So um, we'll go through some of the pros, cons, and and all the good stuff. Uh, maybe not. Maybe just cons if it comes to it because I think that next guy is all going to have cons. But yeah. uh, I, think, I think what makes, for me personally, I think what makes Chris Godwin risky is his – a, I think it's 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 the not the quarterback situation because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time and you don't have problems with that. But it's it's you know Brady likes to spread the ball around. Um, I think it's the it's also the fact that last year a lot of people anticipated him to be in this slot receiver role, and I don't think he really was placed in that role like we thought he was going to be. I think he did he did he I, I may be wrong about this, but didn't he play outside? He did. He definitely did play some on the outside. I think they just moved him around, but a so lot. I, I feel like I feel like with Antonio Brown there, and you have Mike Evans, and you still have Gronk, and you have what's his name coming back, the backup tight end, uh, OJ Howard. OJ Howard. You have Howard coming back, and you still have Rojo and, and Leonard Fournette in the backfield. Like, there's so many options in this offense, which is what Brady wants. But he is going to be Chris Godwin is going to be a situation. Where you're gonna be on a roller coaster ride all season. He's either gonna have a really great game or he's not gonna have a really great game. And, you know, he'll go two weeks of getting twenty fantasy points, you know, per game, and then the next three weeks he'll get seven <laughs> in a PPR half PPR right. format. So I think for him there's risk there. And I, I think I feel I really feel that there's only one wide receiver that can really blossom in this offense as a top twelve guy. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna have to say this is the first time I've ever said this in my life, but it has to be Mike Evans. And I, the more I thought about it, I'm like I, because Mike Evans could. Rick said you know Chris Godwin's younger, he could take over as the future wide receiver in this offense. Mm. But I just look at Chris Godwin and I'm like, until Mike Evans is not there, I just don't see him excelling because they just don't they don't utilize him the way that they did with Jameis Winston. Right, which I don't right. understand, but so I think I think that there's there's massive massive risk tied to Chris Godwin at this point, and it does become slightly concerning, especially when you're talking about a late third round guy. Uh, if you're drafting him in the late third round and he doesn't produce like top fifteen numbers, you're gonna be freaking disappointed, and there are gonna be people out there who go and say, okay, Chris Godwin is you know, a top 12 wide receiver and he's going to break out and have a really great season. And he's in one of the best offenses in the NFL. And that's great and all, but I just think there's way too many weapons in this offense for everyone to eat. And I think that Brady clearly has some kind of connection with Antonio Brown. He obviously has a connection to Gronk. He loves Mike Evans. And who, who, who does that leave out? Yeah, that, that it leaves out Chris Godwin. Um, and I, I was struggling back and forth, and I have been all offseason because I don't, definitely don't think both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are going to be worth their third-round value right now. They're like wide receiver 12 and 13, mm-hmm. both in that range. Right. I just don't see it happening. Brady threw 40 touchdowns last year. Will he do that again? I'm not sure. And I watched Brady all last season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're Patriots fans, so him and Tampa, I wanted to see it. I watched every single nah, snap. Don't kid yourself. You're going to freaking watch him this year, too. 
Yeah, but not as much. I think last year was like okay, fair. I just fair. I just wanted to see it, right? Um, and what I noticed about Brady, what he did with New England, it didn't change. He spread the ball out, like you said, mm-hmm. a lot, and he gets everybody involved. And with Antonio Brown there, full season, OJ mm-hmm. Howard coming back, there's too many too many targets to go around. Um, Mike Evans had 109 last year. Yeah. Uh, so he that's not going to change. He had 13 touchdowns. But Antonio Brown had 61 targets in eight games on pace for uh, 122 targets. So if he gets anywhere in that range again and Mike Evans gets 110 and Gronk gets his 77, Scotty Miller gets his few, OJ Howard was on pace for like 50, 60 targets. So like, and then obviously they added uh, Gio Bernard, Leonard Mm -hmm. Fournette is there, Ronald Jones, Brady loves throwing to running backs, screen passes, check downs, and those sorts of things. there's not going to be a lot of targets for Godwin. Um, And maybe Godwin does take over that Evans role. Mm Because I think Godwin's a very talented player still. I agree. So it's hard to just ignore him in the offense. I don't think that'll happen. Mm -hmm. But he might be underwhelming. Or maybe Mike Evans is the one underwhelming. One of those guys will be. And I think the the best guess would be Chris Godwin. Just because, like you said, I think Evans is just, as long as Mm -hmm. he's there, he's kind of the alpha dog. Right. Godwin... um, kind of plays the slot, but they use him the outside. It didn't feel like they really had a set role for him last year. Um, and with Antonio Brown being, I think kind of Brady's security blanket and then Mike Evans being the go-to guy on the outside, mm-hmm. um, it might leave a hole there for Chris Godwin. So I wanted to pull up the numbers here um, from when he got signed, which was, I believe week nine is when he first started playing. Yes. Um, so from for Chris Godwin from week nine all the way to the end of the season, uh, he paced out at 110 targets. That's not bad. That's well, not bad at all. Um, and he didn't do horrible. Like it's 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. But I looked at those same numbers in the equivalent time, uh, paced out like weeks nine through. Was that what did I say? Nine through 17. Yep. Um, and half PPR on Fantasy Pro's website for fantasy, uh, yeah, the nice fantasy points. stat leaders. Um, weeks from weeks nine through seventeen, he was the wide receiver. I'm trying to pull the numbers up. Here we go. Um, he was the wide receiver fourteen. So I mean, with Antonio Brown, he was actually pretty good. And it's interesting. Interestingly enough, Mike Evans was gone. <laughs> was he hurt at the end of no. the season? Nope. Where the hell is Mike Evans? Maybe we got the wrong guy. <laughs> Maybe we just... It's Antonio Brown's wide receiver 21. Chris Godwin's wide receiver 14. Oh, Mike Evans' wide receiver 9. Um, so, I mean, can that happen? Can you have Chris Godwin be a mid-range wide um, receiver So that two? I mean, that's possible, but now add O.J. Howard to the mix as well, and you add Gio Bernard. And that's also Brady. Brady mm-hmm. played at his peak through the through weeks um, nine through seventeen. Yeah, I believe Tom Brady was lighting the league up. Yeah, I mean he was a QB. He was QB nine, but he had eight games played, so he played yeah. one less game than a few guys. He had more points per game mm-hmm. than Kyler Murray, more than Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. more than Ryan Tannehill. So he was he was like a top six yeah. seven quarterback points per and game in that stretch. I feel like. I feel like too. We also have to reference. Like, I'm not saying Chris Godwin's going to be a fat bust and no, be terrible. Because no. um, I wouldn't. If we were making a bust list, that he wouldn't be on it. 
At least yeah. I don't think he would be on it. Um, but I, I just feel like at his ADP, where he's getting drafted, is is to his You're, ceiling yeah. of the weeks yep. 9 through 17 that he had last year, which is wide receiver 14 or 15. So if you're drafting, and there's other guys around that vicinity that you could draft that would be better, right? You have Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin is around guys like CeeDee Lamb, uh, Allen Robinson, his buddy Mike Evans, um, Amari Cooper, Bob Woods. Like, I would take any one of those guys over Chris Godwin. Even like, would you take Julio Jones over Chris Godwin? Ooh, probably. It's close, though. So I'm like, when I look at it, he's going off the board as the uh, wide receiver 14, which is exactly what his finish was last year from weeks 9 through 17. And it's yep. like, if you're drafting him at his absolute ceiling right now, I, I it, that scares me. And so it's like, there's just a big risk tied to it because there's a chance that, hey, he plays to his highest potential, everyone stays healthy, and he's a wide receiver you know, 13, 14, 15 this year. If that's the case, you got a good floor play, or not a floor play, but you got a good play out of Chris Godwin. What if he plays at his floor, which I think could be like where Antonio Brown was, wide receiver 20, 21, and you drafted him at wide receiver 14? That's when you start talking about the bust conversation. So for me, Chris Godwin is in that conversation where I think the range of outcomes is so large, and I think the out, like the situations for him could be not great now if mike evans or antonio brown or somebody were to get hurt or leave um or get suspended because antonio brown has a history of that chris godwin would then step into a much larger role and i think he would be better but i'm not gonna buy a guy who only had 110 targets as a top 15 wide receiver right now he had more targets than that but i'm just speculating over the course of the season with antonio brown in the starting lineup so there's our thoughts on chris godwin yeah you want to move on to the next guy yeah uh this one's easy odell beckham jr um this is a hard this is a hard like situation for people to let go of odell right now is going off the board as the 24th wide receiver i believe yeah it's 24 25 Uh, that's Um, and and i i feel like the adp is not horrible no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> but when you got talking about guys like Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson around him, like, yeah, I'm not taking any of those. <laughs> I'm not taking Odell Beckham Jr. All those guys. I think people have waited so long for Odell to be good, not only with the Browns, but ever since that breakout, or not breakout season, but ever since the last season where he was a wide receiver one and he was elite, yeah, when he had those first like real significant injuries and he had to miss large portions Correct. of time. That's when he started going downhill. And now Odell Beckham Jr. is is kind of an old man. And nothing is changing in Cleveland. He's a he's a good wide receiver. He'll probably end up with a thousand receiving yards. He'll probably end up with five or six touchdowns and he'll have a decent season. But I do not believe or want to buy into Odell Beckham for fantasy purposes. He has no ceiling. And his floor is like below the boat. Like you open the hatch and the water flows through. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Your, your ship will sink if you're drafting Odell Beckham in the freaking fifth round. 
and you're wasting your pick. It's there. the name, man, because you look at the name Odell and you compare it to like Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. The casual NFL fan is going to pick Odell every like, single time. Oh, I like this guy. But it's just, it's not, he hasn't been good since 2016. Yeah. Fantasy wise. And that's, it, that's not necessarily his fault. You know, he's mm-hmm. battled injuries. Um, obviously, it's been different since he's been with the Browns. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, the Browns offense is not changing. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do play action. He'll, he'll make a few big plays. Mm-hmm. Everybody will go crazy. But fantasy wise, he's just not going to be yeah. um, what you want him to be. Uh, and even like last year, yeah. when I heard a lot of people on Twitter being like, oh, Odell is back. Odell is, had a, was, was going to have a great year last year and all this stuff. Um, and there are people on Twitter this year too saying like he's a stealer where he's going. I, like you said, I don't mind where he's going, but it's not great. Um, but like I said, last year, he people were like, oh, Odell's back. Here we go. If you paste out his numbers, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to include the last game where he had one target because he got hurt in that game. Yeah. Um. So before that game, the first six games of the season, he was on pace for 112 targets, which is good. Mm-hmm. 61 catches, not as good. 851 yards, eight touchdowns. Yeah. And that's that's a good season. Okay, that is a good season. It's a good season. But it's not it's not going to be a wide receiver one in fantasy. Yeah. And it's probably not even going to be a wide receiver two. It may be a, may be a low end. And and I um, think when you look at last year's numbers, which I'm pulling up right now, he really was he even in the top twenty? Not sure. No, Odell Beckham Jr. How much? How many games did he miss? Um, I think he played the first seven games of the season, and that was it. Yeah, he was wide receiver twenty three. Yeah, so literally once again, drafting a player at his ceiling. <laughs> Yeah. Not that I'm saying like I'm I'm saying like if Odell has like a big season, right? And 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 has a really good season, what does that look like? What's his absolute ceiling? I think he could get like wide receiver twenty. <laughs> so okay, basically maybe, maybe absolute big season, he could get like wide receiver like sixty. Okay. So basically what you're doing is drafting him as your probably wide receiver three. Because this is sixth or seventh round pick. Um, I said fifth earlier. I was wrong about that. Um, but yeah. you're basically drafting him at his his the middle of like where like his ceiling almost, and like the best case scenario for him is probably wide receiver fifteen or sixteen, and you're drafting him like he's going to have this breakout wide receiver one season again, and he's going to be Odell again and all that stuff. It's just not going to happen. And there's a lot of risk tied to this player, not only just because he hasn't performed like a wide receiver one since what 2016 yeah it's but it's, injuries. it's also the fact that like they run the ball a lot and he is so injury prone there is almost a guarantee that the guy's going to get injured again <laughs> at some he point. hasn't had a full season since 2016 yeah so it's like i just i look at odell and it's like i love him as a player I think he's a fan. I think he's a fantastic NFL wide receiver. I'm rooting for him. I, I remember yeah. last year in the Thursday night game when he caught a touchdown. It was his first touchdown of the year. Yeah. I was excited. I was like, okay, I want to see Odell back. It's good for the game. Yeah. You no, know? it's true. But I think um, it's just easy for me to stay away from Odell. I'd rather draft the younger players that are around him. If you have a younger option like Deontay Johnson or Brandon Ayuk or exactly. you know Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, any of those guys in that vicinity, if you have a guy yeah. like that, like 
and you're on the clock and Odell is one of your options, pass up on Odell, take the younger player. If Odell happens to have a great season, I will email me and I'll send you money. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, let's move on to the next guy. We only have a couple minutes left. It's Kenny Galladay of the New York Giants. So he signs. He, he leaves Detroit, gets a nice contract with the uh, Giants. Mm-hmm. Wide receiver one there. Now. Very nice. Contract. I would make a very nice contract. Uh, wide receiver one there now. So I would say that he is a sure bona fide starting wide receiver one for the New York Giants. Excuse me, yawning in the middle of talking. Um, I, I sense a lot of issues with Kenny Galladay. Some people will be like, "Oh my God, buy Kenny Galladay." Let's go saddle him up. And <laughs> then the there's some people one. who are like, worst wide receiver in the NFL. Don't know why he got that contract. And um, we don't have any sort of way or feeling about this guy. No. We just think there are a lot of risks tied to him. A, player profiler changed their website entirely, and now I'm confused. I know. I was looking at that earlier. I was, I was like, what the crap just happened? Where are my stats? Advanced anal- I was trying to get advanced stats, and I couldn't find them. You gotta hit. They the weren't even boss. on the. Oh, never mind. For advanced, dude. I hope they didn't like make the that. route running. They're gonna make because I was trying to see it. where Godwin lined up. I couldn't find it, bro. Okay, I'm not to show you how to do this after the show. I just figured it out. Anyway, um, so for you have to scroll way down. <laughs> That's great. I was looking. They used to have a chart, uh, for injuries on. This is shocking to me. I'm like stunned <laughs> as I'm Breaking sitting here trying to show. talk about Kenny Galladay. Anyway. Um, he has had a plethora. Just I'll just say this. Usually on uh, Player Profiler, they have a chart where it shows you where a player gets injured all the time. Mm-hmm. It, it's like if you scroll all the way down on Player Profiler, and um, clearly they don't have that. Injury Tracker is what it's called. Oh, there we go. Found it. I got it. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. um, so Kenny Galladay, uh, this just since 2018. I-, I can go further back if you want me to, or I'll start in 2017. Ankle sprain preseason. 2017, hamstring injury week three. 2018, chest strain week 16. Concussion week 17, same season. 2019, another concussion. 2020, week one, hamstring strain. Week eight, <laughs> hip, hip injury. Preseason, another hamstring strain this year yeah. in the preseason. This guy gets injured so much. Yeah. It's Odell. It's probably worse than Odell. It's, it's probably Odell just worse like than Odell. Clean, clean injuries, like an uh, an ACL injury, and he's out for a year. And Galladay gets like these minor injuries that affect him through the whole season. Right. So it's like for me, I look at I look at guy like Kenny Galladay, and it's like he is great wide receiver, extremely talented. I don't doubt that he'll probably be good on the Giants. It's just. A situation where I think the biggest factor that you have with him is that he's gonna automatically miss like three to four games. Yep. And I hate to I hate to say that, but <laughs> it's a good shot. <laughs> it's he misses three to four games. It's just using history to back up your point. Yeah. And and so and then I'm also there's also massive concerns surrounding Daniel Jones. Mm. And like I don't know if you guys have been on Twitter or you are watching anything related to the Giants training camp, but Daniel Jones has not looked good. Nope. And it's like, so Daniel Jones hasn't looked good. Kenny Galladay can't stay on the field. If you connect two and two, it equals four, and it means uh, Kenny Galladay is a risky pick. Now, he is 
going off the board. Normally, I would look at this guy and be like, yeah, you know, 63rd overall, like, I'll take him. This is money. <laughs> right. Um, but this is a similar situation with Odell where you look at guys like Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, T. Higgins, even Michael Thomas. I don't know if he's going to play a freaking snap this season, but like, honestly, would rather have him over Kenny Galladay. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, I look at Galladay and I'm like, a great player. I hope he has success with the Giants, but there is so much risk tied to him that I'm just, he's one of those guys that if he's on the board, there's a very low chance that I'm drafting him. Yeah, and I was telling you this before the show because this is this was my pick for risky wide receiver. Yeah. Um, the risks, it's like a list with Kenny Holiday. New contract, new team, quarterback situation, injury history, yeah. tar- potential target share. Um, and I think that's one thing that you didn't touch on was with, with the Giants, like let's say Daniel Jones, I don't think he's going to be good, but let's say he's at least average, which that, by the way, yeah. is a huge concern on on its own. But let's say you're a huge Daniel Jones supporter and you're like, you know what, I'm going to take Galladay mm-hmm. high anyway because I love Daniel Jones, okay? Right. Darius Slayton had 96 targets last year. Sterling Shepard had 90 in 12 games. Evan Ingram had 109 targets. Saquon Barkley did not play last season. The year before that, he had, I think, 70 targets, 80 targets in yeah. that range. So he's going to get about 70, 80 targets. Galladay is going to have to be efficient with his targets. And I'm not saying that's not possible, but it's risky. It's risky to assume that. I agree. Um, It's risky to assume he's going to play a full 16. It's risky to assume Daniel Jones is going to be any good considering what we've seen from him in his career and so far in this offseason. It's not been good. Um, And for where he's going in drafts, it's risky as well because I think there's more surefire things in – where is he going, like early fifth? Yeah, in that vicinity. Yeah, I, I know a lot of drafts. Like I've seen, like t- he's like Tyler Lockett, Adam Thalene, um, kind of in that range. Who I'd take both those guys over Kenny Galladay. Yeah, they're in more secure spots. Um, and like even some of the younger guys, I would I would think of taking over him, mm-hmm. like a Brandon Ayuk and Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think Cooper Cup has gone behind him in drafts, which I think is crazy. I would take Cooper Cup over him. I think there's less risks there. So. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy about Galladay this year. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, all the points you made, uh, totally agree with. And I think it's it's one of those things where he looks like a player. Like, okay, new situation, not in Detroit. Detroit blows. Like, he goes into the situation in in, in uh, New York, and you know they have a better offensive line and they have better things going for them than Kenny Galladay had last year. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, would you consider? I mean, God, uh, Daniel Jones blows. So um, I would, I would say a better quarterback last year. But um, uh, you just think the situation there is better for him, but I, I just don't think it is. It's not. And it's I like, didn't even mention Kadarius Tooney or John Ross, who yeah. I don't think will be involved much. But there's always a chance. He, they took a first round pick on Tooney, so they might right. try to use him. So I just think I think it's one of those buyer beware stickers that gets slapped right across Kenny Galladay's chest, where yep. it's like, hey, if you if you like the guy and you like the player, do you? But it's a fat risk, and if you if you end up getting pooped on because Kenny Galladay gets hurt or doesn't perform the way you anticipated, then that's your own problem. And we told you, hey, watch out for this player. So yeah. ain't, ain't didn't on. Say us. we didn't tell you. We let you know. We let you know didn't now. Say we didn't tell you. So there you go. 
Three, risky wide receivers for you to watch out for. Chris Godwin, Odell Beckham Jr., Kenny Galladay. Keep an eye out for those three guys. I'm probably not going to end up with any of them on my fantasy teams unless they're absolutely cheap. Like if, if Odell ends up in the 10th round, I'll draft him. But anyway, tomorrow, mock draft. See you then. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.